you're listening to Housewives on Display with Jay. And Jay. And really, you're going to hear not two intros. I'll edit out the other one. But this is just tacked on to something else to make it the drum roll, please. <laughs> Valentine's Galentine's Day episode. Woo-hoo! We're special. <laughs> So welcome to our Galentine's Day special. Um, first, we have to start off with a Galentine's Day gift we gave to ourselves, which was a new logo. The treat we're giving you all is we're going to play a little game. Um, <laughs> I figured I'd name this game in honor of the Free Britney movement. I'm addicted to you, but you know, but you know that you Or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to run through some couples, Bravo Lebs and Celebs, and... Decide if they're toxic or not. This one is just like a celeb couple, um, Beyonce and Jay-Z. So I'll count down a three, two, one, and then we'll go. You ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Toxic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your reasoning? On a scale of zero to Malcolm Marie, they are Malcolm and Marie toxic and my reasoning is because, I mean, beyond the fact that she did a whole album based on how toxic Jay-Z is, um, <laughs> and beyond the astrology that she's a Scorpio moon, so I know that shit is rank, you could just tell. There's just so much secrets. And listen, I'm not going to name drop here, but I know people that know Jay-Z and are familiar with him. And... Um, they think he's, you know, a great guy overall, but they all know that he's also low-key kind of shysty. So it really is a sad scammer. I mean, from a sad yeah. scammer, what more would we expect? Right. And she just carries herself like she's not happy at home. <laughs> <laughs> it like just it to- reads business relationship. It reads, I have to fight for my happiness. I'm not saying that she's totally unhappy, but I am saying that that happiness was hard fought for sure. Yeah, so, okay. That's where we land on them. No argument there. Yep. Go ahead, take it away. Okay, my couple that I'm bringing to the table, Kim and Kanye. (laughs) because why not i mean i mean we went j and b it's only natural next it's only natural honestly for their counterparts so all right i'll do a countdown three two one toxic toxic and this is not because they're just getting a divorce now anyway (laughs) that neither of them have confirmed nor denied right or that she was trying to like have Kanye fifty one fifty like <laughs> besides the fact that she got him lobotomized allegedly. <laughs> um, it honestly had toxic beginnings. She was cheating on Chris Humphreys allegedly. Actually, not even allegedly. She was cheating on Chris Humphreys with Kanye, and Kanye was cheating on Amber with her. So yeah. the song Theraflu sums up like what the the deal is with their relationship as hectic as that song was was as hectic as their relationship right 
So, okay. I mean, hey. Oh. This is, a <laughs> this is all ties into our later portion with Malcolm Marie. A lot of race relationships are toxic and people are not talking about it. <laughs> right, they leave it to the singles to talk about it. And when the singles talk about it, we get called bitter. But... <laughs> if you say something, something, say something. Exactly. There's something you're not telling us, so... I mean, we might as well keep segueing it. My next one is Travis and Kylie. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Three, two... Yeah. one not not toxic yeah not that's shocking <laughs> it's not it did have a little bit of a shaky beginning especially because... with the tiger like it kind of began like the the kim way where it's like he was with justine and she was with tiger and then they got together but it still seems okay right but other than that i think it's a pretty kosher relationship if i can say that I think they're friends and parents first. Yeah. So, yes, they keep it healthy. Wow, our first healthy one. Travis and Kylie, never in a million years would I have imagined they would be (laughs) our first ones that are not toxic. Okay. (laughs) So, my next couple, (laughs) it's a bit controversial because it has some improvement, but my next couple is Drake and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Here's why I'm putting them down as a couple. Well, so, this is mega. Coming off the day we had yesterday, this is a big... Exactly, exactly. It made me think, like, I need to put this on there so we can bring it full circle. So last night, Jay and I were just, you know, shooting the breeze, talking, but not recording. Um, and honestly, we really should just, like, record one of our just, like, we're just talking moments because we go on so many tangents. It's honestly unreal. It's really cool. We also rebranded during this conversation, but also we ended up at this point during it too. Right. So during this whole conversation last night, we ended up rebranding, which included changing our profile picture um, and our podcast, like, you know, avatar icon, whatever you want to call it. Changing our bio up. <laughs> and also somehow, some way posting an Instagram post and tagging Jen Shaw in it, which is the first time we tagged Jen Shaw in anything. And literally, let's just say 24 hours later, we were blocked from Jen Shaw. So I don't, <laughs> it was quite the payoff of this little chat we had. But we also, I don't even know how we got on the topic, but somehow we started talking about Drake and his song Diamonds Dancing. Now, if you have ever heard Diamonds Dancing, he also is featuring Future, another toxic king. And From What a Time to Be Alive, the album, or mixtape. Exactly, which came out during our college years, so it's very sentimental to us. Mm-hmm. And at the end, Drake goes on this crazy, crazy rant that had us wondering, who the hell is Drake talking about? I'm just going to read to y'all a little bit of the ending rant in case you've never heard of it, but you should literally go hear it. I think if you skip to like three minutes in to the song, that's when it starts. But basically he says, how we let it get like this? I don't know. But that bleep <laughs> can't save her soul. Doing me dirty, doing me dirty. Haven't even heard from you. Can't. How can you live with yourself? Which I thought was the best line there too. Haven't even heard from you. How can you live with yourself? Ungrateful, ungrateful. Your mama should be ashamed of you, et cetera, et cetera. 
you're doing me dirty, you're making me nervous, you look drained, you look exhausted, girl, the late nights ain't good for you, really starting to show on you, et cetera, et cetera. So he's really going in on whoever this person is. And we were like, who the fuck is he talking about? I get to Googling, and a lot of people are saying, the streets are saying that it's Nicki Minaj. Um, Because around that time, I guess she started dating Meek Mill. And then at that time, obviously, Drake and Meek had beef. But this was before the whole charged up and all that other shit, beef, whatever. I'm going on another tangent here. But what I did discover also was this crazy ass Reddit thread of somebody alleging this story about what happened the night Drake was recording and Diamonds Dancing in the studio. And when I say that, it is literally hilarious. It's like fan fiction uh, for Drake. Like it's, I can't even describe it. If y'all want to read it, y'all want the um, The username it. for the person that wrote it is they underscore try underscore two underscore send underscore for me. Yeah. Um, and if y'all didn't get that, just DM us on Instagram. And we'll I link will, it. How about that? I will pleasure. It'll be linked in the, in the bio. Okay. I will pleasurably send it to you or whatever. Find the link in the bio because it is honestly hilarious. But basically, all that to say. They allege that Jake and Nicki Minaj had some sort of thing or we're alleging that they had some sort of thing because there's no way that you would go on this kind of a rant about Nicki if you did not date the woman. And this is like beyond like you slept with her. Like this feels like you dated her. Yeah, that means that there was a period of time where that was her boyfriend and she was his girlfriend and they were dating and they had anniversaries like it had to be that it like had to be and he always talks about her mentions her in so many songs like it just has to be so that's why i have drake and Nicki minaj together on this thing and we are going to say what we think their relationship is in three two one toxic, toxic. clearly clearly and it's even worse that they actually never dated which i have a, a weird inkling they never did they went on a few dates but they weren't like dating but you would think that they did with the level of toxicity <laughs> <laughs> the pure pain in his voice in that rant like something bad happened and this woman did a number on him honestly props to her i i decided guys but i i haven't settled with it being nikki that's fine that that's the theory but i feel like it's someone else but okay if it is nikki nonetheless this woman deserves an award like she got a a one over she really rocked his world i'm going with nikki because it's funny to me um especially just given who she ended up with it's like wait um it's just funny thing that drake keeps getting played by all these powerhouse women and um you know the people are pretty good at peace now like who drake's talking about because obviously he rants about a lot of women in his shit so i'm okay with thinking it's nikki but if it is not her which is also plausible please reveal yourself because you single-handedly made Drake give us one of the best outros. Of his career. And, he's an outro guy. <laughs> and he's an outro man. So There are you. many outros we're comparing this to. And this one was really off the cuff and real. You can hear it in his soul. 
hands down. Okay. I only have one Bravo couple that I wrote down, and it's PK and Dorit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good um, one because who knows? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. I don't know. Toxic. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, what did like, you say? Not. Know, like, I said I don't know because they honestly could be either one. Yeah, I, I was really fifty-fifty on it. I can see them being toxic, and I can also see them not being toxic. I think they're really good for each other. The only thing that makes me say they have to be toxic is the fact that they're grifters and thieves. And I think when you do that, you're just if you're doing that together in a relationship, it's a toxic relationship. Right. But at the same time, it gives me like a a Joe and Teresa were like, they could really be meant to be, even if they are doing these shady things together. I think that makes them more like a Bonnie and Clyde, honestly. Hmm. But I think their kids are going to be raised like happy and normal, I think. I think they have like a happy household, though. Jaggy. Jaggy Phoenix. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. Was it Phoenix that had to have the helmet on? (laughs) Yeah, it was totally Phoenix with the helmet. And Jaggy was the one who had like delayed speech. Oh. I know. Those kids are so adorable. Okay, so yeah, that's my only Bravo couple. Do you have a Bravo couple? Um, I do. I have two. Okay. <laughs> okay, my pick is Toya and Eugene Harris from Marriott's Medicine. Okay, I got excited about this. this. Is the first one I actually like genuinely smiled when I heard that couple. So you, my answer is right there. Three, two one not no they're not but they're not but they have a little toxic elements not necessarily i mean the money yeah that's what i'm saying it's like not necessarily toward each other but they do enable each other particularly eugene enables toya and lets her clearly not have a budget she even cringes and has a visceral reaction whenever she hears the word budget and it's insane because she literally has a budget (laughs) because of all people to to have a budget it's her so that's the only thing that's like really toxic about them their money issues because she keeps overspending but other than that they seem to be a really you know happy well-rounded happy healthy couple with adorable children yeah that always gives your family a plus like when your kids are super cute and your marriage is nice it's just like people i just i root for those couples like i can't I wouldn't even imagine, like, you know, I guess some bitches look at couples and see a man who's, like, doing that and, like, wants to get in between. But I'm, like, I don't even want that. Like, I, like, root for them. Like, wow. Yeah, I love what they have. Right. Wow. Okay. So, so Mm -hmm. far in the not category, we have Kylie and Travis and Eugene and Toya. Toya. That that's These a cool group. They I would love to go on like a couple's vacation with them. What a crazy group that would be. I know. Let's see if we have any more knots. Haley and Justin Bieber. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. one. Toxic. Toxic. Yeah. Fair <laughs> I think it's really scary for Haley. We literally hear nothing about them, and I know it's toxic. If anything that tells me it's toxic, it's bad. It's bad over there. We know who Justin is. It's bad. (laughs) 
Haley, blink twice if you need help. Like, <laughs> but also she's a sad show. I'm confused. So she honestly is she's probably gaslighting him. Yeah, she's. I think she's that's why it makes it even worse. I think she's also contributing in a major way. Huge Haley fan, but that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Live. Sure. I live for that. Okay, what you got? Okay, this is a little like you're gonna be like, huh? Okay. Just because, like, I really pulled it out of my ass out of nowhere. But uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. <laughs> okay. How are we feeling? Um, three, two, one. Not. Yeah. They're not toward each other. Is the world toxic toward them? Absolutely. But, but uh, they cocoon each other and protect each other from the world. I think they have genuine love for each other. Yeah. And I think what happened to his mom honestly helps. <laughs> it humbles him, yeah. It it humbled him for sure. Not his brother, but him. But that goes back to my theory I told you. My mom and I were workshopping something. I just feel like if you are and this is obviously nothing has to be true. We just talk shit on this show, so. But I have noticed there are quite a few men that for me, the, the most problematic men that I've ever met were the oldest and the first boy. So the first born eldest son child, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, the person so who like, hypothetically, if they were a royal, would be the prince, that person. That person. Um it's like the weight of the family falls on their shoulders and honey do they crack sometimes um so just workshopping that theory i'll come up with more examples outside of my family um because that's you know it's not gonna mean anything to y'all but uh just know that that's kind of what i'm thinking so i'll get some celebrity examples and we'll bring that up later but all right who's your next couple that was it. I mean, I wrote an extra one just in case, but um, right. it was we just so we could have. Right? Would you say that? We said four each, right? Because I, I wrote extras too, just in case. I didn't know if we were going to accidentally say the same couple. Yeah, same. I wrote extras too. I'll I'll say one which will lead to a talking point. Um, We could do five. Are you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Tom and Ariana. That's a really good one. Three, two, one. It's 50 50. It's a true 50 50. I feel like it's answer C, which is incompatible. Mm. I feel like they love each other, but they're just not each other's mates. I just don't think they were they romantically love each other. They're not in love. Much like Tom and Katie are glorified roommates, so are they. For some reason, Jack seems to be hell-bent on exposing Tom and Ariana and not Tom and Katie, but... And so there's some alleged tea via the gossip page site, Dumois. Um, And Dumois posted a blind item. It's kind of the, the name of the game over there. And the blind item says, the subject is VPR Tom and Ariana. And the message is, not sure if anyone is into VPR gossip, in parentheses, LOL, <laughs> us losers. <laughs> um, but rumor has it Tom and Ariana have called it. 
expect something official soon. And then I think real fans of Bravo, that IG account, put that in their story and then put on top of it. Someone else sent this to me as well because there is a rumor they saw a moving truck slash furniture truck outside their house, but it has yet to be confirmed, if true. Hmm. So multiple sources now, they're hitting different pages saying that there's tea there. Mm-hmm. Now we do know that their home in the valley is was sparsely furnished and they were apparently getting like very nice and waiting it out and wanting to get custom pieces and all of that type of shit. So maybe we'll give the BOD that there are some late furnishings coming in. Other mm-hmm. than that, we can assume they're broken up because they're not compatible. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what's your last one? What are you what are we leaving with? We're gonna leave with um Ramona and uh Mario. Mario. Wow. Okay. Now, obviously, they're broken up, but we're talking like just, you know, couple overall, you know? So, three, two, one. Not. 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 And Ramona's one of the most toxic human beings we've ever seen on television. But I think she genuinely loved him. And I think she genuinely cared about their relationship. And they were she each was other's just a person, sh- for sure. She was just as shocked as we were. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> It like sometimes because... you will we'll be like okay they I can't believe they didn't see this coming we exactly everyone in the audience was with Ramona we didn't know either yeah we thought no other man could put up with this kook but her but it turned out he couldn't even yeah I'm like maybe he really honestly did just have a slip up like it's just middle age moment and you know I mean, I believe it when she said, like, you know, I'm the one that's famous. I'm the one that makes more money. He started to resent that. I wish he didn't because that's such a, like, tired trope at this point. Um... But remember, he played tennis. You know, and it was so clear Mario wanted to be famous. He wants to be just as famous as Ramona. I mean, he himself was holding an apple a lot yeah, he of was a friend of much like simon <laughs> <laughs> him and simon put them on the either side of each other in the intro shot and that's where they belong right so yeah i think he i i can't imagine that all got to him yeah damn so we will be going on vacation with harry and megan Kylie and Travis, Ramona and Mario, Toya and Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> what a fun. group. We would have fun for sure. Hands down. It would be wild. Like, there would need to be I, cameras because these people are wild. I would have stories to tell for sure. Oh, for sure. It would be everything we would bring it up all the time it would be hysterical not even because they're famous because it was just like the craziest thing wow okay but um the toxic ones from one toxic relationship to another we're going to be reviewing malcolm and marie a very 
toxic movie in and of itself, really. It was toxic toward me. I feel like I have toxicity between me and the movie Malcolm and Marie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, listen, y'all, you guys will hear us just completely bash the movie. I mean, (laughs) there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But we support Black film, so it was our duty to report on it. Right. But also, love Zendaya. I think John David is talented, and I want nothing but the best for them. I hope this books them. I hope they get roles. I hope other people love it, except for me, you know, and and they get booked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so off to that review, but thanks for joining us, guys. Happy Valentine's Day! Whoop, whoop! We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Surprise, surprise, we're also doing another uh, non-Bravo content episode, which I feel like we've been doing a lot of those lately. I have a feeling it's going to be very similar to the episode we filmed on Tuesday. It's going to be short and it's going to be a dragging. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to be covering... Netflix's Malcolm and Marie, featuring Zendaya. And it's actually funny because on the cast list, it literally just says Zendaya, doesn't even say her last name. And um, John David Washington. And so this is the, the, the definition of, not the definition, this is what it says, I guess. The, the description, you were so close. There we go. give it to me give it to me i don't know okay so it says as a filmmaker and his girlfriend return home from his movie premiere smoldering tensions and painful revelations push them toward a romantic reckoning not smoldering nothing about this movie was fucking smoldering absolutely nothing about this movie but we'll get into that people anyway this is classified as a drama independent movie and let's just say yeah i definitely felt the independent vibes um it reads very this would be at sundance or at Cannes, and it would be one of those movies that clearly we kind of watched a little bit of it together and we talked about this but they wanted you to think it wasn't some like superficial movie exactly um it was an hour and 46 minutes which was too long and uh <laughs> But it is ranked right now on Netflix as a number three in movies today. And it's under the top 10 for all the shows on Netflix and such. So everyone is watching it. A lot of people are talking about it, dragging it, I should say, on Twitter. Um, because, you know, that's the real source of good news, Twitter. I'm going to say where all draggings take place. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean... Okay, so, I mean, let's just go with, like, how we're going to rate it. So, how would you rate this A plus to F scale? What are you giving it? That's really tough. Because I want to give it, like, a D. Only because... (laughs) Only because I found myself irritated and not in like the good way irritated you know what I mean where like sometimes you're mad but it's funny mad like I actually genuinely was like okay like I would like this movie then yeah going back to what they I took said some stylistic choices that I want to give credit for so maybe like a d plus 
Yeah, going back to what I said about how it's an hour and 46 minutes, but like literally did not have to be. I feel like I'm watching a lot of movies in which I feel like it doesn't have to be as long as it is. It's very fast track, but also dragged out. I can't really explain it, but mm-hmm. it puts me in a very uncomfortable position. Um, yeah. I think D plus is fine. I don't feel the need to argue with that. We can give it that. Um, Imagine you're like, actually A plus for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would question our friendship. <laughs> like if you told me that this was an A movie, I'd be like, Jay. We've got I feel like our our movie, if I think of our friendship movie that we both love and like it's amazing. I mean, besides, like, we love a good animated something, but a true movie, I would say, is, like, Arrival. It's, like, what I think of when I think of our friendship. We were both on the same page. We love that movie. It was so deep to us. Oh, my God. You could take so much out of it. This was nowhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. This was nowhere near that. I mean, listen, one obviously wasn't an independent movie and had the budget to show for it, um, but that doesn't mean anything necessarily because, you know, independent movies could be good, too. But yeah, Arrival definitely was. It was just the whole thing because like we watched it. We were in college. We were in my room. And that was the year we were watching all nominated movies. Watching all nom- like Oscar-nominated movies. And you know Oscar-nominated movies can go real... <laughs> strange. Quickly, real yeah. strange, real quick. Because um, I think we had also watched Moonlight. And not that Moonlight yeah. was bad, but when it was done, I was like, that's it? <laughs> yeah, we both looked at each other and it felt like wait, what did we just watch? Like, it felt like, you know what I would compare it to? Kind of like Friday. How Friday had, like, no plot. It was more so you, like, observing what these people were doing on a Friday. Right. That's how Moonlight felt. There was no plot, really. It was just you watching this person live their life, and then it ended. That's a really good way to describe it, honestly. Yeah, so... Arrival, yeah, that is a good one. Wow, wow. That was right. That was a vault. Like locked all the way back in my memory box. Thanks for bringing it. Yeah, up. one day maybe we'll talk about Arrival in here. Who knows? Yeah. Rewatch it. New lens, you know? Yeah. Arrival five years later. So, yeah, I mean, I guess let's get into it. Like I said, we were both doing it a D plus. I guess if you haven't gotten the idea by now that we're going to drag this movie, <laughs> and it'll be fun. <laughs> Wait, can I start off and just make two comments about the credits? I had like, I only have about a total of 11 notes and two of them are from the credits. Okay. One is there's a colorist and like not a colorist in terms of colorism, but a colorist on set. And again, I'm obsessed with the job of being a colorist, like coming and seeing someone's skin tone and their undertones and being able to tell them this costuming, this background, this needs to be in the scene. It offsets that. Like you have to have an eye for that. And I think that's so dope. But this movie was in black and white. So what colorist was working this movie? (laughs) (laughs) I was like shocked. And they had chef there too. And I'm like, to make the macaroni and cheese? There was a chef hired. Gets a credit for making craft. Okay. Um, And then I also couldn't help but notice, okay, Cleveland, Scott Muscutty was a fucking executive producer AKA Kid Cuddy. And I was pretty shocked by that. Day and night. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
what shocked me is that there is somebody's name on here. I want to say the last name was Roach. And I just... Ooh, I live. I thought about how unfortunate that last name is um, to have. But yeah, I too don't understand why that... I mean, the only thing I can think of with a, having a colorist in a black and white movie would be lighting issues but i guess that would be the lighter's job like yeah (laughs) i've never seen a colorist credited on a movie with no color in it so it was just shocking right and it was also interesting that they had the credits in the beginning of the movie you know they usually like kind of wait until after unless it's like you know main characters that will pop up on the screen on the bottom like toward the movie's like starting yeah like when it's star studded and they want you to know who's in it yeah, the rigging electric people. I mean, the chef assistant. There was also a chef assistant, apparently. Uh, yeah, and wow. all sorts of other things. I was like, okay. Shot on Kodak film. Things like that. Yeah, Laura Roach, the co-costume designer. <laughs> what a name. Okay, well, so my first note, speaking of color in black and white, I was like, my first note literally says, this movie being in black and white already tells me that it's trying too hard to be stylistic and original. Now, when we had watched this together, Jay had already watched a portion of it, and I came in a little bit later, and I'm like, is this a period piece? Because the way it's shot, (laughs) it seems as though they're trying to make it that, but then it's also a modern day, so it's really confusing, and not in, like, a thought-provoking way. Yeah, in, like, an annoying way. Yeah. Because... I mean, listen, artsy folk already have that kind of reputation of some of them of like trying too hard, you know what I mean? So it's just the idea of that the movie's also about like a director and how he's basically trying too hard throughout the whole movie also. And then this is in black and white. I just had so many problems. Like I was already going into it being annoyed by the fact that it was in black and white and then the music throughout it's a lot of like old music um a lot of like period piece music and it was just like okay so the music is old it's in black and white but it's modern day and we're in a modern house it's just uh, peculiar just Zendaya's dressed in some sort of share number, but this is <laughs> modern day. With a black tight, like uh, black knee high even. I was just like, okay. And so the director for this is Samuel Levinson. Um, so, you know, he's a director, producer, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's also the creator of, guess you guessed it, uh, Euphoria. So. Okay. If you're into, you know, that euphoria vibe. I think he, he loves a drug. He loves a druggie. He loves Zendaya. And he <laughs> he loves for her to be the druggie. And, um, you know, that's, I, I guess that's just what he likes to do. I'm, I'll just look up some other shows that he has. Assassination Nation. Never heard of it. Uh, Another Happy Day, The Wizard of Lies, Bandit. Yeah, none of these are ringing a bell for me. Toys, Deep Water, Operation Endgame, What Just Happened, which is kind of how I felt watching this movie, and Stoic. So, I don't know any of his other shit, except for Euphoria. Okay. Okay, and I personally, it's not that I dislike Euphoria, um, 
you know, the, the young kids these days seem to identify with it. And who am I to tell them they don't, you know? They the Gen like, Zers are literally like fingering up. and then finishing or like during an episode of Euphoria. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like living. Gobbling it up. They swear it's reflecting their lives. Um, and that's awesome that they find themselves in art. Um, but it's... But it's dark. Euphoria is so... yeah dark and I find myself like wondering and then like listen like we've had our own little dark period pieces growing up I mean like we've had fucking Degrassi there was a literally a fucking <laughs> nightmare every episode that happened we've had Degrassi we've had um Skins like we've had some some pretty racy shows ourselves so I'm not going to take this away from them but it does also bother me that Euphoria is about teenagers because I'm just like yeah a lot of the tones are so hardcore i'm like why do they have to be teens how come we can't have like yeah you know some some 21 22 year olds up in here but hey in either event major deviation um (laughs) so i have an odd feeling that won't be the last because there's really not that much to cover here there's really not like this is literally a shit post y'all like Again, just like the Wendy Williams movie, we're watching it so you don't have to. <laughs> we're telling you now, like you don't even have to listen to the rest of the review, although you should, because we'll probably have jokes. But just know, like it's not even necessary for you to watch it. What everyone has been saying about it is true. I saw some sort of like I think it was on Rolling Stone a movie review. Now, also, I may have a few thespian things to say. I do have a past as a thespian, a child star, if you will. So I may come at you with a few blocking notes. But also, additionally, I love a good movie review. So I was kind of looking at them, but I didn't want to read them. And this headline usually gives you what you need if you can't read it. And I saw a headline that said, you can watch the first 20 minutes of this movie, and you've seen the whole thing. Yes. Yes. Very true. Because when I was watching it, I think you came in about 15 minutes in. Yeah. And then, and I think I kind of mentioned, I was like, okay, so they're going to do this again. Okay. And it's just like, I could have stopped at that point. You could have taken over, you know, taken over for the next 20 minutes. And then that'd have been all right. Like we would have gotten the whole movie for sure. But we're not there yet, but there was a certain part in the movie where I started getting hype. I'm like, oh, it's about to take a turn that I need, that I'm invested in. And then it didn't take that turn. And I was, I felt like I had blue balls. I was pissed. Well, unfortunately. I also made a note, just a side astronaut, because we always love to do that here. But I was saying, like, this movie being released during Mercury Retrograde tells me everything that I need to know. Um, it shows. If, if anyone doesn't understand what Mercury Retrograde is... It's this. <laughs> it's this <laughs> nutshell. <laughs> but basically, Mercury is supposed to rule over like communication, travel plans, um, writing, and it's in Aquarius right now, so that rules technology, art, things like that. And generally, when you release creative projects during Mercury retrograde, there's always some sort of issue that comes up. Like, for example, Cardi B just released her song Up. And then while she released her song up during this Mercury retrograde, so many people have been accusing her of copyright issues. And now I think she has another copyright lawsuit pending because there is this guy that claims that she stole the up song from him. Now she claims she did not, which eh, I heard the other guy's track and it's quite literally the same hook. 
if oh, I believe it. She doesn't even write her own shit. Uh, so it's just like when Melania did that whole thing of like, they were like, you, that speech was stolen from Michelle. She was like, I didn't steal it. I'm like, yeah, no, your ghostwriter did. Right. Yeah, like, Cardi, I believe it. You didn't steal it. And I believe that you thought that that was like some original shit. But whoever wrote sure. it knows damn well that wasn't original shit. Um, it's very, Mercury Retrograde can be very foot in your mouth season. Like, it's generally not a good time to do anything that's really like, uh, creative and like speaking based, like interviews and talking and stuff like that. Because then she went on Twitter and was like, oh, I didn't steal it. I've been talking about this since like back in August. And someone did the work and found the dates. And she had been talking about it August like 7th or 8th. And he had posted a video of that song on like the 6th on YouTube. So before she had mentioned it in public. Um, now, had it just been three days earlier, babe, you would have been in the clear. You know what I mean? Like, so it just looks bad. Because maybe it's true. Maybe you didn't copy it. Doubt it. But maybe you didn't. But um, it just looks bad now. Because <laughs> the fact, we went back and fact checked. And technically, his shit did come out earlier. So, so it's things like that. So this coming out during Mercury Retrograde, honestly, just, again, lets me, <laughs> it tells me everything I need to know. And as to why it was so poorly received, as to why it's a movie about miscommunication and miscommunicates the movie about miscommunication. I just really can't get over that. But I will say in the first, this first scene, the opening scene, they're walking in this house, which has a very interesting architectural design. And I, I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed that big ass ram on top of like, yeah, above the taxidermy, above their door. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I noticed that shit. I don't know why I noticed that. I mean, because this is the shit that I had to pay attention to because this movie was so bad. But I noticed that, again, Zendaya's in this share number. I didn't, like, necessarily hate the dress. Um, no, I even would go so far as to say it was kind of chic. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to hate Zendaya in clothing. Like, she knows how to, like, pull things off. But, alas. And so I will also say that the main issues that people have with this movie, speaking of Zendaya, was that they... And this is the main issue people have with this movie prior to its release, that people had an issue with the age gap between John and Zendaya. What's the actual age gap between them? Okay, let me, let me do some quick math. So Zendaya is 24, and John is, drumroll, 36. So Say it again? 36. So it's a 12-year age gap. Oh, that's not that bad. Right. And so that's what John was saying. He's like, listen, like she's a grown-ass woman. And I'm a grown-ass man. And we're doing grown people things. And it's true. Yeah, and of all my problems with the movie, that doesn't even... It's not even top ten to me. That it's didn't really, me whatsoever. It's really not. Um, I think the problem is just that, you know, Zendaya started off in, in Disney, so I think people are having a lot of time, like, a lot of trouble letting that go. Plus, she's in Euphoria where she's playing a teenager and she's clearly not. So it, it kind of is a little bit of like cognitive dissonance. Um, and I'm sure there's probably some like body shaming that goes into it because she's so thin. Like, you know, I feel like we don't, we tend to overly sexualize children that are like more curvy and then we like under sexualize, question mark. Yeah, we'll be like, she has the body of a 13 year old boy, is what people yeah, are quick to exactly. say. Exactly. So it is what it is. Anyway. Open and scene, they walk in the house. She seems like she's pissed about something. He seems to be married because he's singing along to some other old show, Tony Tune. And for some reason, the first thing that we needed to see was her plopping down in the toilet. Um, I mean, that's fine. It just was like, 
okay. I found a lot of these scenes, I was just like, why did that have to be shown? Or why did that have to happen? But whatever. So he's in here, he's singing along. And then I also was noticing like, throughout the, this whole thing, I was like, I can't tell if it feels like actors are acting or they're actors in a play. Like I wasn't getting movie vibes. I felt like I was watching actors act or I was watching like a play, but I wasn't watching like a movie production. This looks like a dress rehearsal. You know, like I feel like I can literally see them reading the fucking screenplay. Like I, I can see them reading the script. I feel like I can actually see the director coming in during the scene and be like, can you change this? He leaves and then they pick up shooting right where it is. There were like <laughs> I, random points where I noticed they'll like change in a severe way. And I'm like, wait, what was that? He must have said, give me more. You know, like it's. <sighs> anyway. So he's having a little like Tom Cruise on the Oprah show moment. He's like going around and he's like dancing and jumping on tables and shit. It's very Tom on Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> very. I love Katie Holmes. And um, <laughs> I mean, look how that turned out. Anyway, and Zendaya's still, you know, on the toilet. He's clearly feeling himself because they just got back from some sort of, uh, what's it called? His premiere. Premiere. <laughs> I need help with these words. Uh, his premiere is showing of, like, this movie that he just, you know, released. And so he's, you know, drinking. He poured himself a drink. He's singing around, dancing, whatever. She finally gets off the toilet. She comes in the kitchen. She has a pot. Ooh, she's about to cook. What is she going to cook? We find out it's Kraft box macaroni and cheese. Now, everybody has something to say about that scene on Twitter. I don't know if you... Where did you land on it? Because actually, I'm in the opposition. I actually thought it was one of the good stylistic choices they took. I feel like it was representative of like, she didn't even want to cook for him, but she had to. So it's box mac and cheese. That was very realistic to me. Like, she might as well have fired up some ramen. I didn't hate it as much, I feel like, as other people seem to. I don't know where everybody gets off on pretending like they ever had a box cheese moment. Box cheese. <laughs> box mac and cheese moment. Um, and it fits the scene. It wouldn't make sense if she really went out and just started like grating some cheddar right then and then was making like a homemade mac. That would not have made I any mean, sense. What else was she supposed to fucking make? Some steak? Like a fucking duck? <laughs> like, I don't yeah, I'm like, people aren't looking at that right. I don't know why you're hung up on that because it actually makes sense. You think about it. It's late at night. I'm getting back from like this long ass showing. He was having a good night. I'm also mad at him. I'm mad at him. Obviously, we don't know that yet. You can kind of get a gist, but we don't know that yet, technically. And so I'm kind of hungry. He's hungry. We're feeling peckish or whatever. So I'm going to whip something really quick. Everything's closed. I can't order out, you know? So I'm just going to make Right. What's something packish. quick that I got in the cupboard? That? My grand cheese. Something quick and something hot. Because, you know, like, when you get back home late at night and you've been drinking and, like, you're feeling peckish, sometimes you want, you want hot shit. Like, I don't be wanting, like, cereal, like, all the time. Like, I'm not really a cold food person in general, so I didn't feel like it was that much of a big deal, but everyone was flaming that scene, and... They're not looking at it artistically. They're just stuck on the box. I was like, get over that. Like, look <laughs> at it in the context of the movie. It makes a lot of fucking sense. Right. 
Now, what I will flame, though, is, as you pointed out earlier, that there was a chef that made that shit, not Cynthia. That's actually hilarious, but... And an assistant who did whatever they did. <laughs> who looked over the shoulder and was like, yeah, that's right. I don't... Who went to the store and then, like, grabbed the butter out the fridge. <laughs> yeah, so, again, he's still going around dancing. He's like, I cannot believe this is real, baby. I can't believe this is real. You know... There were, you know, six or seven critics and they were all on me. And, you know, she's outside. She's smoking a cig. Again, druggy vibes. Like everyone loves for Zendaya to be strung out. I don't know. And Yeah, the cigarette was really disheartening. Disheartening because you, like, when they show somebody who likes to smoke cigarettes also, it's it always frustrates me because they never finish a cigarette. It's always like... They always do like a little like a quick like couple puffs and then let it go and go do something else and come back and smoke like it, it's just and I feel like her character could have been the character to like really chief a fucking sig and like slam it down. I feel like that really would have emphasized her character if she took like seven drags and finished that bitch. Like you know what I mean? That would have been pimp shit. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to see that. It also felt like it was kind of trying too hard. Like, oh, look at me. I'm so disengaged from what he's talking about. I'm smoking a cigarette. Oh, my God. And also, again, my, one of my big, big, big notes about this whole movie is the way they move physically throughout the scene, like the blocking. I don't know who told them to do that. They do so many unnecessary moves. And even during that scene, the way he's, like, pacing back and forth doesn't make any sense. That's not, like, I don't, I don't know how to emphasize that that's not what you would do naturally. <laughs> yeah he's like walking in a circle but then the camera at one point is stuck on her so we only see him like while he's walking that half a circle past her um then the camera starts panning over through him and it, it was just the move it moves around a lot it moves around a lot in a very frustrating um way that I feel like distracts you from like the scene itself. Like you never get to quite sit with a scene. I never exactly. get to quite sit with an emotion even like, because they're yelling, but they're moving. And so it's, it's like a lot going on at one time. They over, they overact both physically, like from facial expressions to the way they walk through the scene through, they do a lot of body, like, they try to do some physical comedy even at certain points. It's like both of them, I don't know what, again, I don't know if that's the director, I don't know if that's them, but they were making some really weird choices with their bodies. I think part of the disconnect also was, because I'm just going to say it, it's about Black people, and it was clearly written by a white man. So I don't... <laughs> yeah. So like none of great. these conversations, I feel like, would be real conversations that to black individuals would have um yeah one of my notes was also like the dialogue is unnatural the dialogue is so unnatural it's like you know artsy filmmaker boyfriend with quick-witted dry sarcastic girlfriend like <laughs> you know like like he he's complaining about how he doesn't want his movie to be like political. I'm sorry, I'm like skipping ahead a little bit. Or not really. I think during this part. No, it's fine. Or like whatever. He's talking about his fucking movie and how it's not for college educated people. But then he says um something about it being fendatic. There were a lot of like words that were used that like didn't need to be used. Words that no one uses in conversation. 
in the pacing of the conversation, it felt like banter, and they were trying to be, like you said, like she's trying to be quick-witted, and he's like the smart dude, but even then, it didn't, that's not how a conversation flows. You know, especially because then we, it also gets revealed, and again, we're kind of like not, but well, we're not really not going in order, but it, it gets revealed that like, you know, like he's like super educated and grew up, you know, very affluent and da 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 while she was basically like this strong out druggy cokehead. And so that even is unrealistic because would she be able to be that quick-witted with, the, with those particular vocab words as someone who di- like didn't have the college education that he did and stuff like that? Like not, like not even trying to like education shame or whatever. Like I'm just really trying to be realistic here. I don't know if I don't know if this is how the dialogue would be with someone who skipped out on college and was a drug addict versus someone who grew up affluent, went to college, is in that realm of directing and stuff like that too. If that makes any sense. No, it wouldn't. Just right. overall, it just—it's crazy how horrible this script is. <laughs> I'm offended. So I wouldn't anyway. read this piece and then be like, "Yeah, I want to audition for this movie." I would read it and think, "I don't want this role." Yeah, I'd be like, "This is not for me," and that's okay. But you know, it's okay to not have a role for you. In other event, there's also the scene where he's like in the kitchen with her she's cooking she wants nothing to do with him clearly but he doesn't care he's on a high from his you know good reviews and i was like his face is like literally all on her vagina <laughs> i was just like just made a note of that um yeah when he was trying to like eat her out standing up but she also had on like were those stockings that's why i said she had like knee highs on they <laughs> were like knee high tights it, it was peculiar I also noticed that the cadence of his voice is like really much like his father's, so I just wanted to make that note. I'm sure he hates when people say that, but like whatever, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And then I made the note. There is no chemistry between the two of them. I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna go out there and say it. Unfortunately, I'm unable to correct you in this moment because you're absolutely correct. There isn't, they have nothing between them, and I think that's also why the dialogue felt so unnatural, is they didn't have any sort of energy between them it wasn't even that they had bad energy between them it was worse it was nothing (laughs) it was worse it was neutral yeah that's bad like bad energy we could have worked with great energy right because we could chalk it up to the tension in the house and them both hating each other but loving each other like that could have been cool wow but there was dead air in between them dead dead air <laughs> i was stunned i'm stunned right now i'm still shocked i mean do you think he's attractive i guess we'll start there i told you i'm landing on no like would like if he was my friend's boyfriend i would be like oh he's cute you know what i mean but not for he's not the dude i would choose Okay. But I would really like him, and I could see him being cute in a couple. You know how some two people can set each other off? I could see him being a cute person in a couple, but he, not my couple. <laughs> He's cute in your couple, but not my couple. Not mine. Where are you landing? I'm, like, neutral. I don't think he's, like, the worst thing walking up. You know what I mean? No, um, he's not fugly. No. He has cuter moments. 
he definitely does. Sometimes the hair looks a little unkempt in a way that it's distracting. And I think I'm, maybe I'm being a little unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was a stylistic choice, but it definitely stood out to me that he looked like he didn't run like nary comb or brush through anything in the last like week. Not a shape up in sight. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's pandemic, you know, that's real too. Haven't been able to go to your favorite barber. For the Hollywood movie star? I don't know. I'm trying to be generous. It must be really tough to be the, it must be really hard to be like the child of a famous actor, actress. I don't know if I would want No, it's super, that's extremely fucking tough. Like, nepotism is hard enough, but, like, when it's just one, really, it's kind of even weirder. And then it's, like, your dad is, like, Denzel. Like, your dad is, like, recognized in, like, every circuit, but obviously, especially in the Black circuit, he's, like, very big. And he's going to be in the conversation on everyone's lips if we're talking best actors. Denzel, there's not a conversation that goes by with Black people that somebody wouldn't say Denzel. And even if he wasn't the person that you said, if somebody says Denzel, you respect it for sure. You go like, yeah, naturally. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Head nod for sure. You know, Because you've heard it so many times because it's so many people. And then on top of that, Denzel's also known as like being like this really good looking suave, Rico Suave, Suave, Mente type of guy. That's so, why he broke the internet when it was that picture of him at the boxing match. And he had like, look, when they added that Bluetooth on him, he looked like somebody uncle. That was shocking. Because we've never seen him quite like that. Not in any movie. <laughs> we had never. Even the one where he was fresh out of prison, we didn't see him. <laughs> we had never seen him in that state, and it was alarming. Jarring, even. But also humbling, because don't we all? I mean, it's good to see even he. <laughs> Has a day, you know? We all have a day. see him open grace like that. I mean, we all yeah. have moments, you know? Like I said, though, in either event, they had no chemistry between the two of them. And I'm really tired of picking up on the fact that there's a lot of people out here with no chemistry just pretending to make it through the world. And I'm just like, why do you want to live like that? Chemistryless. Why force chemistry where there is none? He could have had multiple other actresses alongside of him, and she could have had multiple other actors. Well, actually, maybe not. She, I think she's harder to cast for than he is. I have a feeling he was going to act the exact same way no matter who was there. Her performance would change based on who was there. But who could be there is my question for her. I don't know. That's why I'm confused if they tested them individually and just put them together. It's quite obvious that they, they didn't have these people audition together and do it based on that. It's obvious that Sam obviously wrote this for Zendaya because he already works with her for Euphoria. So... And they were like, what do... Like, let's just take casting tapes and pick a dude. Or just his dad said, let's have him in here. And he did. And then they just had to make it work. I don't think Denzel had anything to do with this. No, but I'm saying, like, the fact that his last name, like, Mm. the power of his father, like, yeah, let's have this dude do it. And then it but then think about them being together. Mm. 
just thought of them as like two individuals like hypothetically this should be like cool it's not right so yeah so he's like you seem like you're upset like what's the problem she's like let's not do this tonight we'll do it tomorrow classic and he keeps pushing that you know pushing it also classic so then he's like he gets now he's getting upset so he's like why is it when anything good happens even minor like you have to like ruin it and basically we kind of get to the idea that she's upset because he forgot to thank her in his speech now if this was you not knowing the other details yet like what the movie was about would you have been upset if your boyfriend did not thank you in his thank you speech at his movie premiere? I mean, yeah, of course. I feel like that was very fair to be upset about that. Okay. Do you not feel that way or do you agree? No, I agree. I don't know if I would have gone on like this. Um... Right, you can only go on like this when you are the character in the movie and you should have played it, you know? But otherwise <laughs> yeah you would just act more normal exactly. like pissed but not like ruin the night pissed right and it's especially embarrassing because you're like literally there so you know <laughs> not only did you forget but like i'm also sitting here and so everyone kind of knows that you like forgot you know yeah then and we'll get to that that point too but fast forwarding he starts eating the mac and cheese it's like really bizarre the way he's eating it um, again, I thought that was like I made a note of that too. It was gross. Like, I didn't even like, like, I don't like, I don't know. I don't have that thing where I don't like watching people eat and talk at the same time. Like, I don't know if I've ever noticed that it disgusts me, but when he was doing it in particular, it was actually like revolting to me. I don't like hearing people eat. Like, I don't like hearing the chewing sensation. That's like mukbangs, like, never work for me because I think it's so fucking disgusting. Okay. Um, and then when people like, you know, do things like hold their fork weird. That also bothers me. That also he was stabbing me. the macaroni and cheese. Yeah. And like, he was eating it like that. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this was like a stylistic choice. He was just trying to be different, but like it didn't need to be a thing. Or he was trying to give his character a tick and like his tick was like he eats aggressively. Like I don't, it didn't fit whatsoever. It, it, is it because we're trying to show that he's still drunk or something? We're increasingly getting there. Like I, I really couldn't tell. It was a really bad decision. Again, I made another note in my notes that the movie plays like a table read. Then there was like a weird moment where they tried to have a, a love scene or thought we were going to get somewhere with that. And she was monologuing throughout the whole fucking thing. Again, unnatural dialogue. No one would monologue like that. It's either them going back and forth in that quick band her dialogue or one of them monologuing excessively throughout the scene and the other one saying nothing except for maybe like muttering there's also like that weird moment where she was like you're gonna verbally abuse me from across the you know house like while you're eating my mac and cheese that i made for you um which not that she didn't have a point but again weird wording no one would actually say that um so just like okay 
that actually I want to say the monologue really, really pissed me off because I also didn't even understand what the fuck they were saying. And she was doing a lot of voice character impressions that were like annoying. <laughs> yeah, she was like working out some accents and workshopping them, and I hated every single one she tried out. Then there's a scene where I don't know what sparked me to write this note, <laughs> but I said, what is this Mississippi burning ass movie? You can tell it's written by white people. I think it was like when they showed like that tree in the back in the dark with the light lit behind it or something like mm-hmm. that. I was like, what is going on? Like, that Oh, like when she goes like missing? Yeah, which was also weird. Like, that was she, really bizarre. Everyone, she like runs out the house, I guess, to avoid him at some point, disappears in the backyard. He goes around the house trying to look to find her. He ends up passing her. She was actually hiding behind this big ass tree in the back. And then she goes and walks back in the house like nothing ever happened. Like super, super peculiar. Then they also dropped the word that we both had. We were like, what the fuck does that mean? And the word was solipsistic. <laughs> quote unquote, you're being so solipsistic. And then we had to look it up. Now, listen, I've, I've been in my honors in AP English classes. I've taken the SAT and the ACT. I've been in, I know a couple of words, okay? I didn't know what solipsistic meant. But solipsism is a philosophy and it's the theory that only the self exists or can be proved to exist. So extreme preoccupation with and indulgence of one's feelings, desires. And then, I mean. And then I said it was a long-winded way of saying selfish, which again, it's just making unnecessary choices to say something that we don't know, just to say something that could have been cut down into a bite-sized piece, which is selfish. We could have said narcissism. We could have said egoism. We could have said selfish. We could have said self-absorption. Like, Things that normally would have come up in a conversation. Not solipsistic. So again, it's just that we're like, we're trying to do like this witty banter thing, but like it's not really tracking well because it's kind of banter that nobody would engage in. (laughs) I made a mark of that scene that we hated. It was 50 minutes in while she's in the bathtub and he decides that he needs to like basically cut her down i guess because i guess he's finally pissed that she's ruined his night so he's like okay i'm gonna ruin not only your night but i guess i'm gonna ruin your whole fucking life and um he's saying the you know meanest shit to her as people do when they're upset i guess i don't know well toxic people do when they're upset and i don't know if you remember he's like on the side of the, the tub and he's like crying he does that weird that scene was the absolute highlight of the movie for me. <laughs> it was so God. bad, it was good by Ryan Bailey. Yeah, like it then got into the point where I was like, okay, that's very funny when he did that face acting again, him trying to d- just act without saying anything. The facial expressions were so confusing and so not what he was trying to give off. It was shocking. I couldn't tell if it was just because like he was drunk and so he's trying to portray like, okay, I'm drunk. That's why I'm like going through all this. Or if it was because like 
he really was genuinely upset or like I, it was so weird <laughs> it's like you're attacking her telling her all the women this character that she thinks is based on her all the women that is based on it certain lights and da 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 you're trying to cut her down i think maybe he's already said or then he says like take a nail scissor to your fucking throat bitch like you want to like kill yourself type shit so i was confused when he started doing that it didn't go with what he the energy he was bringing into the scene at all and you know all she was doing was sitting in a tub with her lip quivering didn't really cry necessarily just just that good old lip chin quiver which okay and at this point this is about the third scene in a row we had seen of one of them storming into the room monologuing and the other one saying nothing and then them storming into another room the other one following and doing that so i was pretty like on the verge of a 5150 myself <laughs> <laughs> it really saved it Oh, when man. he did that face acting, it really broke it up. But nonetheless, we were still in the same scene. It just was something. Funny. It was literally the same argument, the same scene happening in different parts of the house. Again, partial argument, she's making mac and cheese. Partial argument, she's hiding in the bushes in the back. Partial argument, she gets in the tub. Partial argument, like it was just so fucking weird. And there was a lot of like, almost love scenes but then actually i fucking hate your guts and now we're arguing again it would but it happened to a degree that like you were just saying like it just was super like unrealistic and unnatural and again it was a lot of like she would sit and then she would get up and she would walk around pace and come back sit and i'm like nobody would do that that much in an argument of like this particular caliber and we finally learned the reason why she's so fucking upset and it's when there's only 30 minutes left in the film. So that already annoyed me too. Maybe we learned why she's upset. What's the fucking splinter in her claw? And I'm like, basically, he didn't cast her in the movie that was clearly based on her life story. And then he also forgot to thank her for the thank you speech. He casted some bitches she don't like and she feels like something might have went down with him because earlier when she mentioned, you know, the girl's name, he was like, well, I didn't cheat on you. And she was like, well, I didn't ask that. So, Yeah, they bring up this figure, Taylor, quite a bit about how she's kind of controversial when she went on Entertainment Tonight, which she keeps referring to as E. um, And that Taylor played a certain way in this role and Taylor, her as an entity with him, like... They just talk about her a lot. And is it frustrating we never see Taylor Shore? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We didn't really need to have that as a through line if it wasn't going to pay off in any way in the end. I would have been okay with, like, the stylistic choice of you. we constantly mention, like, the third entity and never seeing that person because that is a choice. And... Like this kind of phantom person who we don't even get to see, but she's clearly like clouding over our relationship and playing a pivotal role in our separation. That's fine, but it still just didn't track. And I myself was curious, why didn't he just cast the bitch being his girlfriend when the movie was about her? And so I get why she was upset. She, you know, she mentioned in the scene, which I felt like was kind of like the only real scene. She was like, I just feel like, my story needed to be told and I felt that needed to be told for my sake, for my therapy. 
And she's like, and it's been told already, but without me. So now I don't feel like I get like the release from. Yeah, that was the best part. Yeah. I wrote so, that down too. I really liked when she explained it like that. I was like, okay, that was great. That makes sense. That, that, was, that was about it. <laughs> All of this movie just for that scene. Um, I didn't get the release from it. And I, and I agree. That's true. It is fucked up that he, and he doesn't want to give her credit as most creatives don't when they're basically being accused of stealing which is also funny. Again, come back to the Mercury retrograde idea. It's just like, here you are being accused of stealing in some way. Your girlfriend's accusing you of stealing her life story and putting it in the movie and pretending like it's not about her when it is. Um, and he basically just says like, oh, you didn't try hard to, to, you know, to audition for it, or you didn't try for it. You didn't try hard. And she was like, I didn't feel like you wanted me to, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know like if there was anybody's side you were on in that particular case. Like, do you feel like she should have had to try out for it, or do you feel like, I don't know. I mean, did she come out for an audition? Did he give her that opportunity? We don't really get clarity on that. Right. I also feel like, do I need to come out for an audition? I mean, listen. I am fucking the writer. Like, I should be able to. <laughs> and it um, is my life story, which is why it's fucked up. There was one scene where, and I guess this is why the, the love scene didn't really happen, is because he was like, yeah, like, Imani, which is the character's name in the movie, um, his movie. He was like, yeah, like, like something, something to the effect of, like, you would have been perfect for that role or something. Yeah. And it just reminded her again of, like, yeah, I would have been perfect because it was literally about me and you should have had me in the fucking movie. But in other events... That's really all the notes that I had. I don't know if you have extra notes that you want to get in there. Um, the part where I came alive and I thought this movie was going to take an excellent turn was when she was wielding that knife around and she was, and it ended up being that she was acting, but she had said like, I'm still using and I fucked your friends and I've stolen from your mother and I don't really give a fuck. Like she was really acting her ass off in that scene. And I was like, ooh, yes, this is taking a psycho thriller turn. I was so alive for it. But then it was just her acting, and I was so pissed. Right. And he was like, why didn't you do that in the audition? You know what I mean? It was just like, all right. Okay. But that was so good. Ugh, I really wanted it to go there. Um, um, I love when she said she had a string bean body. That was funny. Also rude. Can we free her from the shackles of people talking shit about... And really, my last note was, what was the point of all of it? What was the movie trying to tell us? Somebody on Twitter was like, so the movie was just about, like, toxic people arguing? Like, <laughs> like I don't need to see a fucking movie about that. If the writer's point was for us to feel frustrated at, like, you feel, like, in a toxic relationship, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> but again, I didn't need to be there. Like, I think we've all been there. <laughs> I, I didn't need to see that from somebody else. I don't know. What, it was just so annoying because it just felt like there was like no, no release. Like I felt like her. Like I felt like I, I got no release from this movie. Even the ending was super bizarre. Like that was then. Right, I was like, that. is there some symbolism with like him coming outside and being with her versus her like running away in the first time, like without him? In this goddamn tree again 
Uh, yeah, obviously it was supposed to mean something. Again, just miss the mark. If it was supposed to mean something and none of us get it, it misses the mark. So just reading some tweets, you know, people were like, okay, all Malcolm had to do was say thank you. That's like literally all she wanted. The way he gaslit and weaponized her own trauma against her throughout the whole movie. Someone said it's a film about power disguises love, which, yeah, but I feel like we're assigning a lot to it. Um, it tried to be a movie. Yeah. About that. Yeah. If she had actually, like, jabbed him with that knife, then then the movie would have changed. Yeah. <laughs> Or just killed herself right in front of him. Like, it would have been crazy. (laughs) I was like, really? I was like, oh my God, this is so worth it. I can't wait to talk about it on the pod. And then it didn't pay off. Then I would have been able to be like, okay. I would have actually been lit for this movie if that was the case. I would have given it a way higher grade. And so, like I said, there's like mixed reviews. Like, some people really loved it. Some people really hated it. And you know, some people are going to force it because, again, it's Zendaya and, and John in the movie. So they're going to be like, yeah. yeah, like, black excellence. And that's fine, too. Um, I'm it was trying here. to be deep. So if it was deep for some of you all, that's really cool. <laughs> that's fine. And if you want to support and celebrate the black actors in it, that's also okay with me. I just We're here it. reviewing it to give it its love, even though we're hating on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, see it so that they can get paid. But... <laughs> am I expecting this to really be like a movie that I keep in my mental Rolodex? No. Does this need to be conversation at the Academy? No. <laughs> Do I wish that I had that hour and 46 minutes of my life back? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Right. Maybe an hour and 20, since we said, like, the first 20 minutes, it's kind of like the whole movie. I would have taken another hour and 20 back for myself. Basically, somebody said this also, and I felt like this was also pretty true. It's, this movie is if, quote, and one more thing, end quote, was a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and one, and one more thing. And actually... Are you done? Actually, no, I'm not. But it's one of those kind of movies. Yeah. But again, in a frustrating way, because there is no release then after that. And I don't know if Malcolm truly understood where Marie was coming from or if he really truly gives a fuck. Let's play a game, fan fiction. Where are they in a year? Where are they in five years? If they make it. I give them a year. (laughs) Okay. Who's breaking up with who? I think she's breaking up with him. Okay. Because I actually don't think he cares. Like He's not moved. He's not bothered. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, he loves that she's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, so for him, he's like, whatever, we'll, we'll just deal with her moments, like, whenever we get to it. You know what I mean? But for her, she feels like she's misunderstood. She's not seen. She's... You know what I mean? So I feel like for her... And she's the one with the problem, so... I can see her. Plus, they already alleged that she cheated anyway. But that actually did happen. Um, do we have to put somebody on display? Not really. I mean, there's literally only two characters in the movie. I mean. I'd venture to say it's either that taxidermy over the door or Taylor. 
You can go with Taylor. I'll go with the box of mac and cheese. Okay, cool. Because everybody was talking about it, and they had to hire a chef to do it. <laughs> and um, that is the movie Malcolm and Marie, everyone. So thumbs up this video. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like there's so many little, I, because sometimes when I'm editing, since we're just so short, I'll just make this final note. Um, sometimes when I'm editing, I'll notice like, for example, I notice that I always address celebrities by their first name, no last. So people who do not know who I'm talking about are probably confused as fuck. I never put a last name on a celebrity. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck, I have to work on that. I have to, I forget. And then we have so many like little like like so many little weird random things we say that are like an inside joke that you all don't know and we can't explain them just know that we do that on a regular basis we do that on a regular you got it from somewhere and we drive the people that we know crazy because they're also like where the fuck is that coming from like you're only forced to laugh in that moment because you don't know what we're talking about (laughs) and we're laughing because we know what we're talking about and it's funny to us and it's funny that you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. Um, yeah. it definitely comes out like Tourette's. I notice that I kind of bust out into song a lot. Like I'll sing like a lyric. Um, <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> so most Remember people, that, yeah, it's just like okay, it's fine. I mean, to most people, they think it's like okay, but you understand. So. We do always hear lyrics within wording. Like, if so one of us says a word a specific way, like, well, it'll be a lyric way, like, from a song. So you have yeah. to catch that, yeah. Exactly. And, like, kudos. Like, I say that all the time. I never say kudos. And it's like, if you don't know Ramona Singer, you're like, why am I, why are you saying kudos? Do you know, like, the <laughs> word? <laughs> so, sorry for all of those. If you don't catch them, I'm sorry. Sorry for all of that. The, the thumbs up this video is from this YouTuber that we used to watch. <laughs> At the end of all her videos, she'd be like, yeah, guys, so thumbs up this video. <laughs> it was just the way she said it was so funny to us. We just, it just be one of our things we picked up from somewhere. The fact that we don't even watch her anymore, but I still say that is actually hilarious. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Okay, well, this was a blast. Until next time, folks. Bye. <laughs>